Pickaxe. Hey, DNR listeners, it's James Wilkinson from DNR Podcast Group 2. Normally I play Dagon Arkenscape the Eladrin Scion. Here's a new thing. Patreon. Come see us at patreon.com slash DNR. For a small subscription fee, you can get some extra content. And it helps us, you know, to pay the bills and sort of get by with all the daily behind-the-scenes grind stuff. As always, you can uh, subscribe to us on iTunes, give us a five-star rating there, like us on Facebook, and follow us on Twitter. Enjoy the show. So this will be quick, but let's do that thing where we go around the table and introduce ourselves. I'm Jason. I'm the Dungeon Master going around the table, starting with James. Hey, it's James. I play Dagon Arkenscape, the Elatrin Sion. And Jamie. Uh, I am Jamie Richardson. I play Corey Forestkeeper, a Goliath Seeker. And that's it. That's the table tonight. Um, <laughs> end of story. And that's it. So, last time on Group 2. I feel like I take this tone a lot when we reintroduce when we reintroduce Group 2. Each time we catch up, it's like, last time things happen. Like, I feel like there's always that very somber, it's like, <laughs> sorry, we lost the patient. Like that. Every time. <laughs> We did. <laughs> we lost a lot of patience that day. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, so previously on Group 2, um, they ended up cleaning up a mess in Lockford, uh, in the Silver Glade more specifically, uh, by killing Trevor and kind of disbanding the little union of werewolves that he had created. They had went back to town um, and talked to Orin, the, uh, the mayor there, um, actor Ronis kind of made an impassioned plea for him to just try and do better, do just do good, I think was the, the overall message there. And then that night the party decided to camp in a wooded area near Lockford and were promptly attacked by a troll. In the melee, Haven ended up wolfing out and losing control. The party did end up taking down the troll, uh, but at, at a great cost, uh, losing Acteronis and Trixie. Uh, Severus, Severus had been knocked, knocked prone, and uh, after the troll was dealt with, Haven turned on Severus and ripped his throat out. Um, at which point, Cory and Dagon kind of fled. Uh, it, it was just time to kind of cut their losses. There was nothing they could do for Haven, uh, short of killing him. Um, and they weren't even sure that they could take him on in his current state, so they, they, they left. So let's pick up shortly after that. Corey and Dagon would eventually find each other on the road. Not a word was spoken. Um, I, I would imagine the two of them just kind of, that their eyes would meet and then just keep walking. They are currently on their way to Fairbay. Um, I'm not even sure if there's an agenda. I'm not even sure if there's a reason to go to Fairbay other than just get away from where they were, keep walking. So let's pick up, um, let's pick up outside of the town of Fairbay. Um, you guys have been walking for many, many, many hours. Um, this would have been all night and well into the next day. Uh, actually it'd be pretty close to noon. Um, so they're, there are these large clearings uh, near Fairbay. Fairbay, as a as a town, is this is this little little harbor town. It's a little fishing village type of thing. Um, so outside of it, there are these really lush, verdant fields, 
really, really gorgeous, picturesque kind of stuff you see on postcards or, or nature documentaries or something. Very kind of untouched, unspoiled. So that would be pretty much where where the two of you would be standing now. On either side of the road, um, there are these there are these really like kind of like tall, wavy grass that the, the wind just kind of like catches, and you can you can kind of see which way the wind is blowing by 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 which way the grass is swaying. So it's it's very picturesque. It's just you guys probably aren't noticing it. <laughs> probably the last thing on your mind right now. Right. Okay. Here we go. Here we go. Well, what can I roll a perception check? What do we see right in front of us? Or like, sure. we're right just ahead. outside the town, right? Um, yeah, you're you're a little bit outside. Yeah. Twenty six. <clears throat> okay. So besides these fields, and um, there does appear to be uh, a forest in the distance. Uh, this would be uh, east of you, kind of kind of northeast. The town itself is pretty small, um, kind of nondescript. It's it's a stop along the way. People uh, uh, between <laughs> uh, between Lockford and Esterholt, that's the only town um, that, that that you can stop and get supplied or, or stop at an inn, something like that. Just just catch your catch your breath. Um, the town has no walls. Uh, it is almost completely unprotected uh, in terms of uh, guards. Or there, there's a couple of people very meagerly outfitted uh, and you can kind of see them uh, traipsing about in town. They're very much kind of local <laughs> like kind of picture Andy Griffith type stuff where it's just <laughs> like he knows everyone's name. They, they, it's like two, two, three guys that just kind of is like, oh, hi, Mrs. Johnson, that kind of thing. Like they're not, it is not very military at all. And how are these people alive? <laughs> well, you're about to find out. <laughs> well, Group Two's coming to town. Who knows what's yeah. going <laughs> to? We find out that these aren't actually people; they're demons spewing out from hell. TPK, TPK. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm going to look over to Corey uh, as if to say something, and then kind of catch myself. Um, but then look back at her and say, I need a drink. Um, Corey's not necessarily looking at anything right now. She's sort of just keeping her eyes on the road. Uh, but the minute you address her, she's just going to give a slight nod without making eye contact or anything. Would it be obvious where there'd be a tavern or something? Is there anyone around I could ask? Um, well, uh, Fair Bay is not a large town. Uh, finding the bar is not going to be uh, much trouble. Uh, walking through town, there's pretty much one road. Um, if you've ever been to, uh, if you've ever been to like Durn Hollow, it's kind of like that, but nice. There, there are a few, there are a few shops. Uh, there's, uh, there's your local inn uh, that's uh, Breakin's Hearth. Uh, Hunter's Alley is their little, uh, their little weapons and armor type of shop. Uh, and then there's an establishment called the Tipsy Pig. <laughs> which is uh that's their bar slash uh slash uh, little restaurant like an eatery type of thing okay i'll uh, look up at the sign and just say uh, I, th- I think this will do perfectly Corey's just gonna follow in behind you so it's 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 the kind of it's the kind of warm little establishment where you open the door and there's a little bell that chimes as as soon as you walk through 
something you've noticed about the town as as you're as you're kind of marching through is that people will will kind of stop and and kind of give a friendly nod or a wave or something. No one no one appears to be very standoffish or like who the fuck are these guys. Um, specifically uh, interesting is that they are nodding and smiling to Corey. Yeah. Who is a giant albino Goliath, <laughs> uh, which is surely uh, something that they've either never seen or, you know, I mean, that, that's, that, that should be alarming to these people. And they're, they're like, oh, how you doing? That kind of thing. Um, you're going to notice a lot of fishing boats, uh, things like that. People do have day jobs here that, that they're definitely, they're, 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 they're working. So there really isn't anybody in this bar beyond you two uh, and uh, a young tiefling woman. Huh. Um, and as soon as the uh, as soon as the bell kind of chimes, um, she's going to look up from from what she was doing um, and give you this really warm smile. Hi, how how are you? Just like really, just kind of illuminates the room. Like she's very like genuinely happy to see you. <laughs> I feel like after everything that's just happened, I don't want any happiness in the world. No, I'm just kidding. We have to kill her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Dagon's just gonna hold up his hand with two fingers up and say, um, "The strongest you have." And I guess he'll sit down. Is there like a bar? Um, there's a bar, the bar, and then there's there's tables and stuff uh, scattered around the uh, scattered around the place. Oh, maybe they'll just, he'll just take a table in the corner. Corey's gonna mimic what Dagon does and put her hand in the air uh, and say, same please and sit right down next to him. Dagon's gonna look at Corey and kind of eyes go a little wide and a little little confused but uh, sort of give a little nod of approval and then sit down. So the chairs in this place um, uh, Dagon takes a seat and it's it's totally fine. Um do you ever go back to a lower grade when you were in school and then you realize how small the chairs were? You never noticed that before. That's kind of what's yeah. happening with Corey right now. This this is a kindergartner's chair. She's kind of like, okay, I can okay. Like she kind of like positions herself on it, but there's that there's kind of a like a gentle creaking sound when she sits there. This is a nice sturdy chair. It's well constructed. It's just this could be bigger. This could be could be a little more. <laughs> uh, she's gonna squirm around a little bit, which probably makes the chair creak a little bit more. Trying to not be as awkward <laughs> sitting at this table, and then find a comfortable position and <clears throat> sort of slump over the table. <laughs> it kind of reminds me. Isn't there a scene in Kindergarten Cop where Arnold Schwarzenegger gets yes. in? One of the chairs. That's what I yes. <laughs> Absolutely. <yeah. laughs> nice. Um, so this tiefling woman is going to kind of almost bound over to your table. Just just infinite cheeriness coming out of this woman. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and, and she's going to uh, kind of pop a couple of glasses down on the table. And, and then she's also going to leave the bottle. And and she's gonna give this really wide smile to you guys again. I I kind of figured I would just leave this with with you both. You look like you're having a really tough day. 
I'll just uh, dig and I'll just give a sort of a forced sarcastic smile and, and nod his head. Um, and, and, and she's going to try to force her smile to go just a little bit larger. Like, it's like, okay, you're really having a bad day. I should leave. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm Naza, by the way. Uh, if you need anything at all, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to leave you alone, but I'll be right over here. Okay. Thank you. Um, she's just going to give this little nod and bound right back over to, uh, to the, to the bar proper. Dagon's going to look over at Corey and, uh, and say, uh, I thought you didn't drink. Um, Corey's going to lift up her, assuming compared to her hands, very small glass, um, swig it down, and probably make sort of like a sour face, because she doesn't drink regularly. Uh, and with her eyes closed, looking into the air, she's going to say, for Trixie, exceptions must be made. Dagon will sort of motion his glass towards Corey and, and just say, for the fallen, and... Uh, and chuck back the first one. So he'll put his glass down slowly and uh, pour another one. Sort of hold it in, hold it in his hands for a second and and, and look at it. And uh, without looking at Corey, um, he's just going to ask, "Would you mind if I told you a story?" Uh, Corey's going to open her eyes and put her glass down, and just look uh, at Dagon with like a continue sort of stare, but she's not going to say anything. Um, I'll do my best here. It's, it's been, it's been quite a long time. When I was, oh, 15 years old, I was at home in my family's estate, meditating in the afternoon, and I suddenly became aware of sounds outside branches breaking rumbling noises as if as if the the earth was moving and a faint crackling noise something in the air of course i i went to the window um to look outside and i saw something i'll never forget an enormous black cloud is really the only way I can describe it. Lumbering up over the city walls. I have no idea what it was. By this time, people were screaming in the streets. Running about. The commotion was alarming. It was frightening. I rushed down to the courtyard, out into the city. Yelling, warning, doing whatever I, I could. And before I knew it, I turned around and I was engulfed in this darkness. And that was it. When I woke up, I was back inside, but there was no one around. No servants, no children, no sounds of anything. There was nothing. Everyone was gone. And that's the last time I ever saw anybody. And he'll just sit there and, and play with his drink slowly and fidget a bit. Um, <clears throat> I've never told anyone that story before. But in light of all this death, once again losing everybody, I'm afraid, I'm afraid this story will die with me. Corey's going to be looking at her hands and mimicking Dagon, uh, 
finicking with her glass and just ask, uh, did you ever find out what it was? No. No, I... I don't know. I've, I've, I've asked. I, as far as I know, there, <laughs> there is nothing like that. I, I, w- I wish I had an answer. I, Corey, I've been sidetracked for too long, and I don't even know what we were doing here. People dying for no reason. I, I I'm sure not ready to die. And I don't think you are either. But I, I need to get back on track here. I, I, need, I need to continue my search. I need to find answers. After we first met, you had told me that you were going to find them. Your determination seems to see no bounds, so I don't see why you can't go after your ultimate goals now. There's nothing left to even live for at this point. What are you, what are you, what, what are you trying to do? You, you, you lost your home twice, it would seem. What is your plan? I don't really have one, Dagon. My, I left the Evergreen because I was forced to, but once I met all of you, it seemed like I found my place again, and all I seem to do is cause destruction to my homeland and the evergreen forest and everyone I have ever met is gone. I mean, maybe maybe they were right. Maybe I am cursed. I, I just want to do good and it seems to backfire. I don't know where to go from here. What, what, what do you mean cursed? If you're cursed, then I am cursed as well. As far as I can see, we're in the same boat. Um, at this point, she's finally going to look up from the table and meet Dagon's eyes and say, and who are we to decide that the world deserves this curse? I don't believe in curses. And neither should you. Who, who said you were cursed? There's a custom back with the Kobe tribe. On your name day... Your lithoderms are to be read, and you're supposed to find your place within the community. What you will be, whether it be a hunter or a priestess. Usually you take your parents' former role after they've died. When my mother died, my name day came, and the Sky Watchers tried to read me and were unable to do so. And that's never happened before. So I was cast off from fear of what that might mean. There was no place for me there, and there seems to be no place for me here, except by your side. Two cursed peas in a pod. (laughs) And she's going to look back down. So, help help me understand. They they couldn't read your lithoderms. And this has never happened before. It's never happened in the known history that we have, no. She's going to start to trace the lines on her skin. I suppose that is my one goal. I'd like to know what my true purpose on this world is, if not to serve for my 
my tribe and not to help my friends and those misfortunate. I don't really know what else there could be. So typical for one to fear what they don't understand. (sighs) What if I knew of somewhere, someone where there's a chance they could help you? At this, Cory is going to sort of jolt her head towards Dagon. I'm not promising anything, mind you. There... There was a witch that I have been to before. I was told... I was told she was clairvoyant. I was told she was so powerful. And she was. I... I, I think she could help you. But it's not... It's not a decision to make lately. She nearly killed me. And... She barely had to try. Uh, Corey, while still looking at Dagon, her lower lip is going to start to tremble just a slight amount. And she's just going to ask, where is she? I found her in the Yemgar Swamp. Or maybe it was she that found me. I I don't know. But she knew me. I don't know how. When you were there, did you get the answers you were looking for? No. No, um... I got taught a valuable lesson about about patience, about virtue, things I had none of. It was also she that brought out my ability. Of course, then I didn't even know what it was, and like I said, she almost killed me. I've stayed away from there for obvious reasons. It's odd. I, I'm not angry with her. I would even say I respect her. But <laughs> it's about one of the most dangerous things we could do. But if you, I'll tell you what. If you help me, I'll, I'll help you get to her. I don't know when it'll be. Um. And I don't think it should be just us, either. But when we're ready, I'll take you there. Uh, Corey's eyes are going to start to dart back and forth as though she's she's thinking about the proposal. And then, again, while staring at the, the table and her glass, she's going to ask, Before you answer this, you have to know that your life may depend on this decision. Are you sure you want to adventure with me? Two of us together could just wreak havoc on this world. (laughs) Like you said, we are two of a kind. And traveling alone is not really that appealing. Besides, who's going to pick on me when I have a Goliath by my side? Um, 
at that, Corey's gonna have like a very small smile, but almost as if she knows that it's not okay to smile right now. <laughs> um, and she's gonna look up and just sort of slide her glass across the table to have Dagon pour her another. Which he will. Corey, do me a favor. Um, could you roll an endurance check for me, please? <laughs> Because I've never drank before. <laughs> right. <laughs> She's big. Uh, I mean, I am pretty it still big. Take like five bottles. <laughs> it is the strongest stuff, though. Here we go. Nineteen. Okay, so Corey's handling her liquor fairly well. Like she's she's a little buzzed, tiny bit tipsy, not falling over, stupid drunk though. She's <laughs> fine. I have two trains of thought right now. I found this book. In Anakal, right where we found a gate of sorts. I know the book references the gate. I know, I know that much. I have yet to read it, but I, I, th- I think this could help me, us, and it's something I would like to pursue. If you're on board, I also have another thing. I have. I have an entire city. I have Odysseus. And I vowed many, many, many years ago not to return there until I until I found the Eladrin. But I'm starting to think I, th- I think I think I think we could use it. I think I think I need to go back. I think I need to reinvestigate now that it's, it's just been so long. I'm. Uh, when you I, left, you were a child, correct? <sighs> yes. Perhaps the answers to the whereabouts of your people are there, and you just were too young to see, to see that they were staring right at you. Exactly. I th- I think it's time. I don't consider it a. I am maybe breaking a vow, but it's. I think I think it's right. I think I think I'd be foolish not to. We all have everything we need there. You you should see this place. It's it's magnificent. Oh, it's been so long. I only hope it stands as glorious as it did when I left. For what it's worth, I'm not sure that vows stand for much from what I've seen of the mainland and in this world. I'm not sure that a vow is really keeping with the spirit. <laughs> Dagon will raise his glass and, and his toast to the honorable land of Theria. Coria will raise her glass as well. Here, here. I would imagine that Cory and Dagon kind of spent the better part of the day in this bar and just continued to talk to each other and, and um, probably drain this bottle uh, and maybe other bottles. I'm not sure. That that's <laughs> probably <laughs> probably. Um, and and perky little Naza would probably just keep coming back with and and, and just kind of take care of you guys. And at a certain point, would probably even help you across the street uh, to Brecken's Hearth, where uh, you can get some sleep and and hunker down for the night and and kind of stay in town you know in lieu of camping 
<laughs> we don't camp. <laughs> Ever again. <laughs> um, and I think that's a good time for us to stop for the evening. Yes. Um, you guys did fucking fantastic. Was that was that okay? No, no, that was. I was worried. I was like, is that okay? <laughs> and no, I was like, no, no, no. Like I'm sitting here listening. Like I'm riveted the entire time. It's like this is really fucking good. Oh man. Okay. Like really good. Oh, that makes me feel so much better. Yeah, me too. It felt good. Like I'm editing it as I'm going and I'm, I'm, all I'm doing is like taking out little pauses where you guys are thinking about what you want to say. But like, I'm hearing the finished version in my head. This is really fucking good. Oh, you got to have some sweet music behind that. Oh dude, it's going to, yeah, there's going to be, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to Foley the shit out of this. This is going to be, you're going to like it. Well, yeah. Well, that makes me happy because I, I, I said everything I wanted to say. I just, you know, I, hopefully it was clear and, um, it absolutely was. There wasn't one point where, like, I'm I'm waiting for you to say certain things or deliver a line to certain one. Like, fucking yes, yes, that's great, that's great. Like the oh. entire time, it was really, really good. You guys did. Like, I think just the fact that there were two of you here, I think the scene had room to breathe. There was no pressure to get back to the rest of the party or introduce new people. I think I think this was the smart choice. Okay. Awesome. Hopefully, this sounds like a, a sincere recount. It did, dude. Like that shit where you're sitting there, it's like hopefully I'll be a good role player. One, fuck that, dude. You did fantastic. <laughs> you really that was did. Really good. And Jamie, I could hear you oh. getting emotional at one point. It was so good. It was so good. Thank it you. was really, really good. You guys, you guys did a fantastic job. Really, really good. And the I, best part is Dagon's been on the show for a year. We know almost nothing about him. In that thirty-minute scene, we found out tons about both of you. There's now an emotional connection to both of you. You have a backstory. You have a purpose and a goal in the world. You can point to several places on the map. It's like, I have business here, here, and here. Yeah. This is where we need to go. This is what we need to do. As as of this episode right now, you have ties to the fucking world on the show. Yeah. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I feel good right now. You have a reason other than the underdog for people to root for you. And I like, like, I, I mean, there's obviously, I've got more backstory too, so that's not all. Um, I didn't, I didn't even plan on talking about the witch. And then I remember Jamie and I talked about that could be her lead to finding out what the lithoderms mean. I just kept building, man. It was so good. It and just... then it's like, oh, by the way, that's how I got my power. Or that's when it, Yeah. I was trying to say that's when it manifested, but I kind of, whatever. No. I think it still came out okay. Mm-hmm. It did, um, and I don't think it was. I don't think it was too like. Hey, I want to shove my backstory down your throat nope. either. You know, because like this was totally the time and the place for it. Yeah, it kind of it kind of felt like a breaking point type of thing. It's like, okay, I'm gonna level with you. And Dagon doesn't seem like the sharing type. No, no. But the way you put it too, you're like, I'm afraid that this story is gonna die with me. I was like, oh, then that's the perfect purpose to like say your story. That's beautiful. <laughs> And then, like, with the vow, is just like, I don't even know if I've even revealed yet that I've made a vow. But it was like, um, I, th- I think it came off as oh, okay to break it. Because I thought yeah. about the whole, it's like, well, we could creep around to Odyssea and go find the boat. And it's like, no, oh, we gotta go inside. We have to go find out and hopefully not get eaten by a dragon. But 
hopefully. We're not supposed to know about that, so... It's a magnificent city. It's glorious. <laughs> Again, the, the best part, the best part is, like, listeners are going to get tied, like, because they're already rooting for the two of you. They like the two of you. Because I think it comes off as you two are just affable people, like, in general. Not just characters, but, like, you two as people are good people. So it's, it's like, man... Stop hitting them. Stop pistol whipping them for 10 <laughs> seconds. Let them do something. And then it's like, okay, they're getting their shit together. And they're, they're kind of, there's this really awesome, sweet, tender moment where you're both kind of bolstering each other. And you, it, it is kind of a question. It's like, what do we even do? Where do we go from here? And then you have it. It's like, Odessia. Like, it's like, after yeah. this, like, no, don't. It's like, going to be I, like <laughs> in the movie theater when the crowd's going, don't open that door. Yep, exactly. <laughs> it's, it's like, no. Uh, 